What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Off the Court with Dorian. I told you I had two special guests today, and that's Miss Jordan Ray and Mr. Rashad Tyler. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> How y'all doing today? Not too bad. Doing great. Yeah, feeling good. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. And I'm glad to have y'all on here today. Yes. Thanks for having us. For real. <laughs> yeah. For real. Uh, big fans, too. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And just a little throwback of me and Jordan's relationship whenever I was coming out of high school and getting recruited. You know, she was one of those coaches that were recruiting me. <laughs> but now she didn't flip the whole switch on us into mm. the creative world where I think you belong. Thank you. Thank you. No, I enjoyed coaching. I enjoyed watching you play, coming up to the high school and trying to, you know, trying to get you over where I was. But <laughs> it didn't work out. But we uh, maintained the relationship. So I think that that's super dope. And I'm very proud of what you've done. Where are you going? Thank you. Thank you. And like I preach in all the other episodes, relationships and networking is one of the most important things when going through this thing we call life. And so that's just something that I really want people to understand. Definitely. Most definitely. But diving straight into it, Rare Label is what y'all do. So just talk about what that is, what y'all do, what you have to offer, and all the other good stuff. For sure. So Rashad and I, we founded Rare Label about a year and a half ago, almost. So we're still kind of in the first year. It's a creative agency, so we specialize in event activation and digital services. So you think brand identity development, website setup, copywriting, social media management, some marketing. Mm -hmm. Paid advertising, you name it, as it relates to brand communication and events where maybe brands get a chance to develop relationships directly with customers, we work as a conduit for those sorts of transactions. So if you go to, and not that this is a client, but maybe it will be in the future, maybe a Beach by Dre event, a company like ours will, will have invited the customers out or been a part of that outreach and also a part of design and maybe even the, the deal structure for a venue and even the build out and fabrication of said event. Right. The production, what it looks like once you get in the room, getting the right people, the right influencers, or maybe even celebrities, if it's a celebrity-driven mm -hmm. event, um, bringing them into the room. So that's kind of the event activation side of it. And then the digital services, um, you know, custom logo illustration, actually managing and providing strategy for a business or a personal brand, social media, designing a website, making sure that all those things and those links are properly right. set up. Um, you know, just all that behind the scenes work that goes on when you're setting up. All a, a of the brand. most boring, nerdy things about it that <laughs> nobody thinks actually happens, happens. The actual plumbing that as associated with each individual company. So somebody is actually running the Pizza Hut Instagram, right? And somebody's right. creating those sales funnels that get you to your actual 20% discount on your pizza, right? And we're the type of company that does that. Right. So all the behind the scenes work within somebody's promotion skills is what y'all do. Yeah, we like to think of it too sometimes like from like um, nothing to something or from kind of A to Z. So say for instance, a brand or a company, a personal, like a, you know, blogger or something needed to create uh, right now, a lot of people are doing virtual events. So it's like, how do I create that and take that from my idea 
to what it looks like visually because people have to see it or they got to interact with it and sign up on a website or they have to see it on Instagram in order to, you know, get funneled to the actual virtual event. So what that looks like. And then the execution side of it is, you know, just the production and like what goes down once you're finally in that room or that virtual room. So from A to Z, the promotions and kind of marketing and visual aesthetic for brands, events. And I think a lot of people look at us because we are also, I guess the, the, the proper way to say it is customer facing at the very same time. So people will look at us as the promoter or the, you know, the, 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 the part of the invitation that represents the culture because we look like and we actually stand for the, I guess, uh, we are models actually what our culture feels like. And so it's easier for brands to work with companies like ours because we're not telling them how they should look. We're actually being the example of how they should look, you know? Right. people that look like us. Natural, yep. Right, right. And so then y'all are doing everything that's leading up to the actual event. So then when it comes to event day, what does that look like for you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually running around like crazy. That's for starts. Um, <laughs> I'm usually being told what to do by Jordan. So. <laughs> get kind of bossy on event day. But I think there's a lot of things that we do in order to prepare for the actual event day because that can be something um, you know, set up time, say a venue is popping and we can't get into the venue until a few hours before our event because they maybe had something before or, you know, whatever it can, that timeline can be really narrow sometimes. So we usually have, you know, guidelines and I guess um, checklists for the things that on that day, make sure that this and this and this and this and this is done. And um, on event day, we do have um, external staff that yes. helps us yeah a ton with you know setting up making things uh, making sure things are placed and ready to go right, right. you know we might have food involved and you know a bar involved music DJs all those things and so we're just coordinating prior to so that way that day of can go smooth right and you, you think there's two there, there are a couple tiers to that so we have to be as organized and as hospitable as hospitable as possible for the people that are working the events right so we want to make sure that they have not only the tools that they need but they come into an atmosphere where they feel comfortable to lend in a hand that will actually help us get the event done so that the customer who is the eventual arrival has the right experience so from those two sides of the coin like Jordan and I have to really be laser focused on the separation between those two things. Because if the DJ doesn't feel good about how we set them up, they don't have water in the booth or different things like that, that might affect their performance. And if that affects their performance, then obviously it affects the customer experience. Right, right. And there's a lot of things too that um, don't get thought about when, say we're attending an event as a a guest or, you know, something like that. And we were... um, invited to something or we paid for a ticket we don't think about you know what the sound sounds like and how mm-hmm. there were sound checks that happened an hour and two before the event opened we don't sometimes think about the lighting in the room that's something that Rashad taught me a lot about is the lighting especially if it's a nighttime event that lighting can either be too bright or it can be real sexy or it can be you know blue to match a brand that we're working with that lighting is really important too so all those things were kind of get getting set up beforehand and making sure um you know bar staff is ready to go and just everybody has what they need in order to 
to and, perform well. And to even go even more narrow with that, when you arrive at an event, how the line queue is set up, right? Or if there's a line queue at all, right? Those things really affect your mood as a customer or a user or experience um, goer. It affects how you interact with the space or even interact with your friend. Like you go like, look at this, this line to, you know, all of those different right. moments <laughs> you know? that people experience or don't experience. We have to be very mindful of how to make that as as seamless and as frictionless as possible because we want you to have a good time once you get in. And a lot of times we'll even set up signage and different things to kind of foster the thought process and, and, and try to help people develop the right type of a, a mental approach to the event. So we might have, I remember uh, one of our uh, more fun events, I wish I could find a sign where we just kind of had like uh, uh, space rules or something to that effect. I forget what the title of the actual poster was, but it was like, you know, come with good vibes, you know, uh, lead with love. You know what I mean? Like those sorts of things yeah. help people know how they should behave in this space. Right. Yeah. And I think that's important when you're thinking about being at an event, because you know, the first thing that's somebody thinks about is what am I supposed to wear to this kind of event? But then when you have stuff like what you're saying is signs, knowing what to wear is one thing, but then knowing how to act whenever you're in a certain space around certain people is, is like even more beneficial. Right. Yeah, exactly. I think too, something we try to do with the marketing behind an right. event, even before you, before a guest gets to an event that they might attend that we're producing, we try to tell that story, what to wear, um, what you're going to expect when mm -hmm. you get in the event, what type of, um, you know, the, the music that's going to be played. Like right. we try to tell that story in the marketing as well. So, you know, you know what you're getting. And when you walk through the door, you're like, yeah, this is everything I thought it would be. And not in an old school, like overt crash way where you're like, you know, and no dis disrespect to anybody who's doing this currently, but they go like playing top 40 and they didn't, you know, like R&B, reggae, like, nah, we're playing the coolest shit. We're, we're, this is an event where cool fly people want to hang out. And if you are a person who uh, feels that way about themselves or wants to experience that at an event, then this is a place for you. We try to make sure all of the communication is aspirational and representative of that as opposed to being this overt telling you of it. Because that usually means that it's not going to be that. Right. Right. And then that's going to that's make it less fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I, I think that that at the end of the day, the end goal is for our guests, um, the venue staff yes. and our staff to all have fun yeah. at the events and everyone to get or just have a, a experiential is, and interactive, immersive. Those are kind of the words we like to use. We want everyone to feel like they were a part of something really dope, you mm -hmm. know? And if, you, if you're working with us, if you're a part of staff, like you're dancing, right? I mean, it's very important to us that the staff be an additional extension of not only us, but the event and the vibe and the people. So like, you don't come up to the door and see the person who's taking your ticket or checking you in. They look like the culture as well, you know? That these those details really help shape your your experience. Right. When you put into perspective for like younger people who are starting their own businesses or thinking about like having events in the future, what is some advice that you can give them about marketing strategies and about branding and about how they should come about mm -hmm. like 
trying to get people to come and people knowing like the vibes that they're coming to whenever they're trying to plan something? So that's a great why question that I think, you know, can be, if you want to get into the space, it can be either intimidating or you can, un, you can underprepare for all of the things that need to actually happen. So first I would think, you know, you want to identify what your skill set is. You want to know who you are and what you mean to that business, whether you're a connector, whether you're a creative that like makes things like you can actually design, whether you're even a coder, because that's a part of, you know, every business now that's going to be really important. If you are actually a DJ, you know, identify what your thing is and then try to arm yourself with a team that hits on all of the different things that you're going to need in order to be successful. So the way that we try to think about it is, you know, there's pre-event and on events, on event day staff, right? So the pre-event staff is going to be your influencers, your designers, all of the people that create and make and create the movement, right? Then the on day or um, actual event day staff will be your DJs, your bartenders, your, you know, all of those people that are actually on hand and doing hand-to-hand combat with your, um, combat is not a great one, but (laughs) hand-to-hand interaction with whomever is coming through. So you have to try and arm yourself with a team that does all of those different things and or partner with people who have some of those things in place. Um, I think lastly, if you... If you're trying to identify if it's something that you are or can be good at, it's always best to just actually reach out to the people that are doing it and ask your specific questions. I think the fastest way to learn anything is to find somebody who's currently doing it and then lock up with them. Right. Collab with them or at least reach out for that, you know, that guidance. Something that something that I would advise is to not not rush because you want to get an event mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. Um, but to really, really plan ahead of time and allow, especially if it's your first time doing an event, or even if you've only done an event two or three times, still allowing yourself enough space between when you want to actually like produce that event. Um, so four to six, eight weeks, even sometimes that way you can really make sure that you get all the details right and enough momentum and awareness about the event. So people actually come. So even if that's something virtual right now, if that's something, you know, you know, eventually we'll get back or we're doing more things in person. Um, but I just think allowing yourself enough time to actually plan it because it's not like, Oh, I'm just going to post this thing to my Instagram one time or I'm going to text a couple people. Like there's a lot going on. A lot, a lot of people are very busy. And so you want to allow yourself space to plan and allow those people space to get excited about it. So they put it on their calendar because it takes someone seeing something four or five, six times before they're like, you know what? I am going to go check out this event or I am going to go to this release party or whatever that looks like and um, not rushing something. So even if you have to say, you know what, I really wanted to do this event on, you know, June 1st, if you need to do it on July 1st, then you just do it on July 1st and you'll get a better turnout. You know, I think you just added a a lot of things that when you just added what you, what you did, it brought a lot of thoughts to, to, to mind for me that are really narrow and again, granular, but they matter across every business. Right. So, There's two things that you need to actually understand how to do and understand what the connection between success in these two things and your business output is. So you could be selling uh, weave or selling tickets. It doesn't really matter. You need to have direct communication, which the best direct communication still is email, right? So the larger your email database and the larger your open rate is, the better chance you're gonna get. 
and also your paid advertising strategy, right? So you need to actually get more eyeballs that are outside of your network as humanly possible. And one of the things that we have in place, we have a lot of rules because we are marketers first and being able to do all of those things is really, you know, like a thing that we've worked hard to be able to acquire over time. But for the people who are not doing this full stack stuff, they probably would learn that most of the people who are doing it at a high level are taking six weeks before dropping an event and not assuming that the turnout is going to be magic. There is actually a lot of force and a lot of planning that goes into having a successful turnout. And if this is your first event, be patient with yourself. It's going to take you a little bit of time to find success. And so Rare Label, where did that name actually come from? Like, how did y'all come up with that name? Because it is catchy. To me, it's catchy. Like, and then it's a different spelling rather than just the ordinary spelling of the word. So, like, how did y'all come up with the name of that? I don't even know how to spell rare anymore. <laughs> I actually, sometimes I spell, when I try to spell out that, the real word rare, R-A-R-E, I'll weird. spell, yeah, I'll spell my company name, which is R-A-I-R-E. So, rare um, is definitely like a derivative of the word rare. And, um, wanted to create something that was unique and was very original and kind of like never been done before and felt really, really fly. So the word rare was an inspiration. So we spelled it R-A-I-R-E. Rare label actually stands for, the rare part of it stands for recognize art is responsible everywhere because it is. Everywhere we look, it's art, design, technology, architecture, um, the re- the books we read, the podcasts we listen to, all of this is art, mm-hmm. like an art form. And so that stands for recognize art is responsible everywhere. And then the label tag is kind of the collective. So like we are rare breeds, we're rare label, you know, art is responsible everywhere and we're a collective, we're a community of people that behave a certain way, mm-hmm. we're fly ambitious. That's our tag. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting here with my mouth wide open because I didn't even know that it had like words underneath yeah. the R-A-I-R-E. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty much an acronym and that is something too, that's a part of our storytelling that we haven't, because we're really still in the first year, year and a half, we haven't been able to, cause we've been doing so much stuff. We haven't been able to really unfold our story like in um, total yet, but that is definitely something that we do want to be able to share more, like what it stands for, why it stands for that and why we believe that every, at every turn of what we do, which is from what the websites look like, what the partnerships look like with our, you know, brands and the other companies, the people that we work with, what our graphic design and like that visual marketing, what all those things look, looks like art is responsible for that. Mm-hmm. It's also the thing that gives people comfort with rocking with us to begin with. You'd be surprised how many things like one of our, one of our clients in, in a high school friend of mine, um, Trace McGrady, for example, will just hit me with an idea because he knows that we can execute the visual. Right. So this is paying attention to whether you notice it or not, even in other people, they know that visual communication, thereby art, 
as Jordan explained, is the key mechanism for communication across all platforms, across all mediums, across all cultures. Right. Yep. In, in person, so in the physical and also in the digital world. Correct. Art is, we're, you know, we're driven by things that we're attracted to and we see things that we find are pretty or cool or edgy or however, you know, whatever it is that we're looking for mm-hmm. and that is going to kind of lure us in. And then we try to back that up by actually being what we say we are. <laughs> and, and be clear, Jordan told me what rare rare was. So, and I just co-signed because it was it was actually brilliant. <laughs> yeah. That's how a lot of things work in our relationship. Jordan is the the person who has the the in in, in this. She is the person who has the the beat and the the feel, the actual connection to what the culture is actually doing in a given moment. Like she has the sharpest critique on what the real momentum, opportunity, and possibility looks like because she's in beat and in lockstep. I actually happen to be able to have spent a lot of time developing execution skills so we can do or create anything that she's imagining. Right. And we both obviously have basketball and athletic backgrounds too, so there's synergy because of that. Yeah, yeah, but I think that the way that y'all complement each other is just what's going to make this business so great. You know what I'm saying? 100%. For sure. We talk about that a lot too. Um, There's a concept that Rashad has read a lot about and it's kind of, you can elaborate on this, but it's not necessarily focusing and trying to get better at your weaknesses rather Mm -hmm. than really focusing on, yo, I do this really, really well. So I'm going to do this a hundred percent every single day. And then I am going to, you know, partner with people and work on teams that bring, that bring my weaknesses. So what? Yes. Don't, um, don't focus on your weaknesses, but double down on your strengths. And it's a smarter approach because you can actually, acquire the areas of your strength through other people much faster than you can actually acquire the skills and those those abilities yourself. And so if you do that and get stronger at the thing that you actually get stronger at, you're going to get faster down the lane that you're actually great at, thereby becoming more valuable to those other people who have strengths in other ways. So together, by doing that separately, you actually both go further and faster. I like that. I like that for real. And I agree with that, though, because as I'm trying to prepare for the next step in my life, I've been thinking about what I've been good at. And I've been thinking about the person that I'm trying to start this thing with what he's good at. And so with us, I'm like, I don't ever want to step outside of my lane because I'm just not even that type of person to where I'm like completely just open and learning all this new stuff all the time. So I feel like if we can just level each other out whenever it comes to what we're both good at, then it'll be successful. And I mean, that's what you just say, you know what I'm saying? I think there's like the the idea of a circle or or area of competence and you want to continue to expand that circle. So the, the idea is not to remain dumb about things that you don't know about, but just realize that you have a circle of competence, meaning a specific area or, or, or width of space that you actually have a concentrated knowledge set. And outside of that is where you don't make decisions. Where you, where it's inside of your circle of competence, speak strong, speak loudly. The outside of your competence, ask questions. And that usually is a great way for us to kind of guide, well, you know what, in this particular thing, Jordan, you're the expert. Let's lean more sharply on your expertise and your knowledge in this, right? And then where it's full deference or part deference, you have to kind of delineate that based on your area of competence. 
Yeah. Yeah. Agree. I agree. Goofy ass college words. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one last thing before y'all get off of here, make sure that you say your website name so that people can go on the website and just check out what you actually do and see the work for themselves. And then your pages on Instagram, if you have a Twitter page, and then I know that y'all have clothing as well on there. So make sure that, you know, people know what's up. (laughs) We'll do. So you can find rare label on the web at rarelabel.com. You can also check out our online portfolio at behance.net slash rare label. And my personal Instagram handle is I am Jordan Ray. Uh, that's I am Jordan R H E A. Yeah. Um, uh, and again, I think she already stated this rare label is spelled R A I R E. So rare label R A I R E L A B E L dot com. Uh, I'm Rashad Tyler spelled just like that. <laughs> Um, on all platforms. Um, I'm not active on Twitter. I think I'm not specifically active is on, on, on uh, Instagram either, but all things that I'm doing are typically associated or filtered through Rare Label. And you should definitely join the mailing list where we're hitting people with all the events that we may be involved in, all the different ways for you to get better at what you're trying to do, ways to kind of get in communication with the things that we've done and also ways that we can partner. Yeah. And yeah, feel free to reach out as well. You'll find our email addresses on all of those sites that we and handles or accounts that we just named off. Right. And we are available for anything if you need, for real. Yeah, we do. Oh, let me add this real quick. <laughs> so um, we didn't talk about some of the events that we do that are not like the, the, the span of events. So I mentioned TMAC earlier. Um, Because we do have, like we mentioned, basketball backgrounds. Basketball in the Bayou is an event that we are a part of on the girls' basketball circuit. Florida Classic in Florida is an event that we are associated with annually. So that's a pretty big thing. Bayou Classic, we're growing um, our interest in in Louisiana. We travel around for NBA All-Stars, Super Bowl. We worked with brands from Adidas to... Jameson. Jameson, Martell, all these liquor brands that, you know... um, (laughs) That we're really glad. Like, I do not want to not say anybody's, you know, brand, but we appreciate the Pernod Ricard and um, Brown and Foreman portfolios in particular because they've been great partners for us for a very long time. I think that covers well enough for people to kind of understand, like, where we're after that and what types of events that we're actually. And closing out, that is Rare Label Creative Agency. Yeah. Y'all need anything creative. These are the people to hit up. And one last thing, Jordan helped me with my show promo. So if anybody wants to know how I went from my beautiful Canva show promo to this 3D Photoshop (laughs) (laughs) promo picture, there's Jordan right here. So hit her up for real. And on her Instagram page, she drops little 10 minute gems for people that are branding and in marketing and stuff every once in a while. So yeah, that's the page to follow. And I appreciate y'all for coming on. All love. One more time in case you missed it, that was Jordan Ray and Mr. Rashad Tyler with Rare Label Creative Agency. I hope that you got a lot of gems from today. I hope you understand the creative world and everything that you have to put into 
creating your brand, making logos, and just starting up something new. So I hope that y'all enjoyed this episode. I know that I did. One last thing to remember, what God has for you is for you, and no man can take that away from you. Bye.